This is the NFL Edge podcast. I'm Dave Rothberg. She is Kristen Rogers. And boy, this season has come and gone very quickly, Kristen. We started out analyzing week one of the NFL season. And here we are crowning the Rams as football champions. Yes. And Dave, before we do that, I mean, we got to dive into the whole experience that is Super Bowl Sunday. How was your your Super Bowl Sunday? Because I know you're not here for some of the pageantry, some of the extras, like the halftime show, no. the food, the parties, the whatnot. So how did you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday? It's fine. Listen, here the truth. I mean, I wasn't going to bring this up. You bring it up, and I'll I'll go down that avenue. I've told you this. I don't. I, I like football. You know, I'm glad that you say that you enjoy the game of football, considering we do an NFL podcast together. That makes me very happy. No, but I'm not looking for pomp and circumstance. I don't need Dr. Dre. I don't need Snoop Dogg. I don't need Mary J. Blige. They're fine on their own. Okay, I don't need them specifically to make my Super Bowl a Super Bowl. So, I, I yeah, I guess I watched a few minutes of the pregame. I don't care about the anthem, the length of the anthem, the coin flip, heads or tails. I don't care. All right? And then halftime... I went and I took a shower, a nice, hot, steaming shower. What? Uh, I didn't see a second of the halftime. So, yeah, because I, I don't care. I'm looking for football. I'm telling you this. I'm looking for football. I want to know, second and three, are they running play action? Are we running a waggle? Are we running a wheel route? That's what I'm interested in. I don't care if, if Snoop Dogg is smoking marijuana before he's taking the stage. I want football. You asked. I told. I do love that Snoop, whether or not he was going to smoke on stage, was a prop bet that you could get in on the action before the game. I thought that was a uh, probably my favorite prop bet that I saw uh, heading into Super Bowl Sunday. You know what it is? This game is not about the football fan. This game is about the every person, and they're trying to get you, and, and they're going to figure out some way to put the finger on the pulse that makes you want to watch this game. Whether it's the anthem, whether it's the rock, whether it's, oh, oh, look, there's a football game, whether it's halftime, whether it's the Gatorade, whether it's bet your face off somewhere in some site of what color the Gatorade is going to be or who's going to win MVP. I'm here for the football. Yeah, you know what, Dave? Um, I'm here for the football. Um, I also like to just enjoy my life. So when you have one of the best halftime shows I've ever seen perform, when you have funny commercials, when I'm able to like actually sit on my couch. Don't, I don't need commercials. Oh my God. Oh, is that a good commercial? Oh, that's a good commercial. Is that a, oh, look, Meadow Soprano. Oh, they're alive. They're well, this and that. No, I mean, stop. Just give me a game, really. Just give me football. Okay, so I'm not going to get into the whole Soprano commercials and you know because I think that the the day and age of celebrity endorsements has kind of peaked at this point I think we can kind of go back like five six years to you know when every celebrity possible was going to be in a Super Bowl commercial and now you look at like Coinbase for example that had that um that moving QR code on the screen kind of circa the 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 DVD waiting screen um that was one of the most low budget commercials and they jumped from 150 in terms of app downloads to second in the app store after that commercial. I mean, it's 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 very interesting from, from the sales side of thing too, Dave. I mean, there's our world, to your point, revolves around Super Bowl Sunday and we're seeing evolution each and every year. You just got to appreciate that for what it is. I do, I, I mean, you, you, you've done this and you know what? You're, you're like a, you're like an evil genius. You, you, it's like, it's like you're taking your little, your little slings and arrows and, and pushing them into me. Because you know that the, you, you, this is the reaction that you want. And again, I, for the record, 
I fine. Listen, great commercials, terrific. I enjoy a commercial as much as the next guy. Dr. Dre. Now I don't know that he's a real doctor. I think that could be fictitious. But Dr. Dre, um, Mary J. Whatever you want to say, fine. They put on a three-hour performance on a Saturday night. I'd even like to go to the show. I don't need it mixed with my football. That's what I'm saying. I enjoy football. I don't need you to water it down and make it less exciting than it than it normally should be. That's my point. You're you're a purist. You're a purist at heart. So with that said, I'm a purist. We 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 can stop talking about the the pomp and the circus, the 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 pageantry that is Super Bowl Sunday. It's all your fault. I mean, it's fun to you know. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I like to rile you up. It's pretty fun to kick things off that way. But uh, let's go back to the game because I think a lot of people got riled up uh, seeing that ending. For sure. What are your thoughts, Dave, on our Super Bowl 56 champions? No, 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 no. I'm not just a pawn in your game where you can, oh, let me get you crazy, and now I'm done with you and I'll throw you away. No. Now let's talk about it. You want to break it down? Let's break it down. What do you think of Snoopy Dog? How do you think he did? Were you impressed with his show? Did he do well? Eminem did a song. Then he kneeled. Let's get it. Let's dive deep into the halftime show. What was your favorite commercial? I would like to know. What commercial did you, Kristen Rogers, enjoy during a football game? What was your favorite commercial, Kristen? Perfect. I'm so glad that you asked, Dave. I thought that the smartest commercial was Coinbase, as I mentioned the numbers that they had from, again, one of the most low-budgeted commercials I've ever seen in Super Bowl history, had an immense reaction across our country. Uh, Though I am a big fan of Schitt's Creek, so I love myself some Eugene Levy, some Catherine O'Hara. I thought that Nissan commercial was pretty funny to pair the two of them together. As for the halftime show, while it was was not your Shakira and J-Lo. It was not your Prince. It was not your Beyonce. It was not a concert. I do think it was some of the best storytelling we have ever seen across the Super Bowl halftime show. In fact, if you had scanned that QR code that was sponsored by Pepsi and Verizon and you had your Oculus glasses on, you would be able to watch that halftime show in the metaverse, which I know you're really going to love this. You're going to be able to watch it from the metaverse and be able to walk through the house while the concert was going on. I just take it from the standpoint of of I am a consumer in the U.S. on Super Bowl Sunday to see where we're going in what's next in football and what's next in in our our, our economy. It was uh, very entertaining from that standpoint of things. Does that answer your questions? I don't even know what you're. I don't even know what you're talking about. If I would have used my Oculus glasses and scanned the QR code, like you might just be giving me information in Italian. You have you have Oculus glasses. I do not have the Oculus glasses. I'm saying if you did. Oh, well, how would anybody possibly know that? That if that you have to scan the QR code and then break out your Oculus glasses and then you can watch the halftime show anywhere from your home. How would anybody have any idea? Apparently it was being pushed out in the metaverse. So if you were in one of the metaverse, like if you were in the sandbox or if you were in one of the the metaverse lands, apparently it was being published out there. All right, you want to talk about the game? (laughs) Finally, let's dive into it, Dave. Well, because, I mean, now you've just, I mean, the metaverse and Oculus, I mean, enough, really, you are the, you know what? Is is Meta World Peace involved in the metaverse? Um, he's not, but I'm sure he could create his own land. What what the hell is a metaverse? No, no, it's there's multiple, Dave. There, what 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 are metaverses? So within the metaverse, 
you can essentially build your own lands that are sponsored by different companies and you can actually buy your own real estate within the metaverse. Did you ever read Ready Player One? Because essentially that's what... No. Oh, Dave, come on. No. That That's... No, I don't read, actually. I, I read... My, my most recent book I read was Adam Schefter's book. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is very, very well done about... um. I think I forget what it was. It was the, his his wife's first husband who died 9/11, and he's now raising that child. So it was very poignant. I like Adam, and I got the book, and I, I read that. Prior to that, it had been 16 years since I'd read a book before that. So yeah, I was on really quite the streak. Wow. What are the? Are, do we have any odds set for the next time you're going to read a book? Something's going to really have to catch my attention. I mean, really catch my attention. Yeah, I've read portions of a book, but I haven't read from front to back a full book in. In pre pre married, uh, so I'll be married eighteen years in May. So I don't know, in nineteen wow. twenty years maybe. That is surprising. Yeah, I know what's not on your New Year's resolution every single year. I like to say like how many books I'm going to read a year. Um, I, I guarantee you that that has not been on your New Year's resolution for a while. No, and my wife reads like twenty books a year, and I uh, and I don't read any of them. All right, so the metaverse. Before we get to the game, because you, you this is your fault, by the way, the metaverse is just a place that people can uh, explain it again. What the hell is this? Okay, the I'm not going to be able to give you the the perfect definition, but the metaverse is essentially a virtual world where you can create your own avatar and then you can essentially like live out your life. There are you can buy real estate out there, you can set up shop out there. It is literally Ready Player One come to life. Uh, it's, uh, very, it really is the, the, the next wave out there as well. There's kind of some different avenues that you can go down, but it's very interesting to see how this is blossoming, um, and how some of the hottest real estate is actually virtual. It is not real real estate. It is virtual estate. Oh my God. I, I don't understand anything you're talking about. I understand football. Let's go there. Here's what I will say about this game. Not a great game. I, I thought 55 minutes of, that's fine. I mean, if that's a regular season game, it, it wasn't all that enticing. Final five minutes were very, very interesting. And the magnitude of it, I thought, was enormous. So not a great game. Got exciting. Last five minutes, really well done. That's my take on this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, there were flashes in this game, right? I mean, seeing the, uh, I mean... Yes, the, those those last five minutes were incredible. But I think even seeing you know Matthew Stafford throw that pick coming right out of the halftime, and uh, you know seeing the Bengals go down and score, it was just there. There was some great momentum shifts in this game. Um, that said, I think uh, my biggest um, my biggest grievance with this game goes back to the officiating. I'm not here one way or another to say that any team got away with anything. I think both teams got away with two free touchdowns. Um, you know, not called pass interference, not called holding, whatever. That said, I'm just disappointed that this game went from like no no penalties being called. Like there were no flags. You know, there was a few skirmishes on the field. It felt like the officials were letting them get away, letting them just play the game of football. And then all of a sudden, when it mattered the most, it was like the referees were like, oh, shoot, you know, we have a quota for how many flags we have to throw today. Let's slow down the end of this game and get very ticky tacky and reverse what we have done this entire game and actually slow down pace of play. It, for, for me, that was frustrating. Again, I think both teams got away with things, but it just felt like we we... It felt like the Rams then had every opportunity handed to them because of penalties, and I hate to see games end in that fashion. 
Yeah, I didn't like it either. Now, uh, being honest, I was rooting for the Bengals, so I, I don't know that that sways my take. But, yeah, that, that third down play, the, the, what, what really annoyed me was that holding on on Wilson, uh, on Cooper Cup on that third down play. Because y- you watch it again, it wasn't, it wasn't a holding. Mm-mm. And what I really enjoyed, and I remember commenting during the game, not at halftime when everyone was off smoking their, their marijuana, but, but at halftime. Um, I remember commenting to someone saying, boy, you know what's great about this game is they're letting them play. Like, it's just the game is continuing and there's no involvement. They didn't call a lot of holdings. There was no, you know, pass interference. It was just, it was an an organic game. It was enjoyable to watch the game be played like that. And then all of a sudden on that third down play, they call that. And and after that, I didn't think it was, although I'm not sure that was a, uh, unnecessary roughness on the offsetting uh, play, right, when they had the holding and the roughness. But I I agree with you. The one on Eli Apple was clearly a, a holding in the corner of the end zone. But that third down play, I thought, changed the entire game. You don't call that a holding. You have fourth and goal from the eight. Maybe we're sitting here talking about the Bengals as Super Bowl champions. So, listen, Stafford came up big in big moments. I don't know if you've seen the video of that pass where he kind of looked away and then threw it over the middle of the Cooper Cup. It was phenomenal. Um, but I, I didn't love the way the officiating was down the stretch of this game either. Yeah, but, I mean, let's go. I mean, at, at the end of the day, both teams had, had opportunities there. Rams take advantage of it. Rams, I think, were the team that needed to take advantage of it. And, again, we talked about this for a while, but just knowing that they did mortgage their, their future with, what, no first-round draft picks for the next five years for this season. Uh, that said, an incredible play by Cooper Cup. Um, it still baffles me whenever he's able to, you know, get wide open space because I feel like that's the number one thing that you're told when you're going up against the Rams is remember number 10, remember Cooper Cup. Um, but want to throw a question back to you because I think it could have been a, a coin toss for MVP in this game. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, do you think Cup deserved it? Uh, I would have probably voted Aaron Donald had I had a vote, but I don't think Cooper Cup was a was an awful selection. I mean, this guy is just, he was phenomenal in that final drive. So you can look and say, boy, Aaron Donald was great. Much of the game, couple sacks, right? Um, huge pressures, the, the, the stop on the run on that third down play, then the huge pressure on the fourth down play. But on the flip side, the last drive of the game that the Rams had the ball, Cooper Cup was extraordinary. I mean, he had two touchdowns in the game. He took a huge hit. He stayed in the game. So I would have gone Donald slightly, but I don't have a huge issue with Cooper Cup winning it. Do you? It sounds like you might. No, I, I too go Aaron Donald, though. I mean, I think when I look back on on the story of this game, um, you know, Cup was kind of quiet for, I think, what he what he has been in past games. I, I think the Bengals defense did a good job of trying to contain him as much as he as much as they did. Um I, I think especially in the first half. Uh, you know, obviously we saw Odell Beckham Jr. before he went out, um, you know, two receptions, fifty-two yards and a touchdown. That was um, you know, he he was the guy that was that was able to get open for the Rams. But when I look back on this game, seeing the Bengals not be able to really do anything after that, you know, that touchdown coming out of uh, out of the half. I mean, all the kudos in my mind go to what the the Rams defense was able to put together because that was 
truly special um and especially that that defensive front i mean it felt like the the Bengals offensive line for as bad as we've said that they've been it felt like they were like okay super bowl we're actually going to step up like we're going to give burrow some protection like we got this and then to have a super bowl tying seven sacks and five of them came in the third quarter like my body hurt for joe burrow watching that happen dave i can't believe that they allowed this guy to get punished the way he does and i guess at the moment there's not much they can do but they better fix that they better better remedy that immediately I mean immediately but I thought turning point for me in this game you mentioned the interception third quarter so they get the bomb to T Higgins touchdown you could say what you want about that play you're upset that it wasn't called whatever okay right the the the, uh, the face mask on Jalen Ramsey and then the interception so you're up four with the ball you put a touchdown on the board in that moment And I don't know that the Rams come back from down 11. From down 7, of course, they could. The Bengals did not. I mean, Kristen, nothing offensively from that moment on. And they couldn't get anything going. But I thought holding them to 3 on that drive changed the momentum of that football game. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. And again, that is... That is kudos to to what the Rams defense was able to do um, when, you know, and in specific, specifically the, the, the defensive front, because Jalen Ramsey did not have a great game. Um, I mean, the, he, he slipped a few times. I mean, you go to that last um, fourth down for the, uh, the Bengals. Um, uh, was it T Higgins that he was going up against? Ramsey fell again. T was like wide open. If only Joe Burrow had had time to throw the dang ball like that, that's wide open. Um, so we, it felt like, I mean, again, all the kudos in my mind goes to that, that defensive front. Um, but I think, uh, secondary on both teams struggled a little bit. Do you want to talk about former giant Eli Apple at all? Cause it seems like, uh, every NFL player just wanted to, to get their two cents in on him. He stinks, huh? Yeah. Not great. Not great, Dave. This is not just me. This is not just me, right? Like everybody see, here's the thing. Just shut up, shut up and do your job. And he can't do it. Firstly, he can't be quiet. Secondly, he can't do his job. So you have both things that compound, and now you have, I mean, guys all over the place, right? This is not me. Everyone is making fun of Eli Apple, who was awful in this game, who is not good to begin with, but he has to run his mouth. And you saw on the national stage how bad this guy is, and he got burned numerous times on that final drive. Oh, for sure. No, I'm not saying this is just you. I mean, my my Twitter timeline was filled not with like national media or local media talking about Eli Apple, but like Michael Thomas is tweeting out Eli gonna Eli. I mean, NFL players were just yeah. digging in on him and rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Michael Thomas, you had Nicole Hardman who, who sent out a video of him polishing his ring saying you're never going to get one of these. I mean, Eli Apple, he's just, let's be fair, he's just not good. And it's a shame. Because for the most part, I really thought that Bengals defense played a very good game. They stopped the run almost entirely. Um, They did a pretty good job for the most part on Matthew Stafford. I thought, tell me if you agree with this, that the complexion of the game changed when Beckham went out. When Beckham went out, all of a sudden I was sitting there saying to myself, they don't have any other weapons. And the Rams offense struggled until that final drive, and then they they figured it out. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, another turning point in that game, seeing Odell go down, because he has been... I mean, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. I mean, he is he is Offensive Player of the Year for a reason. He is Super Bowl MVP for a reason. That said, Odell Beckham Jr. has been one of the best wide receivers 
in the NFL in the postseason. I mean, he has been just electric to watch. Like all of a sudden you see, you know, what we've known that he couldn't do after a, a bad stint with Cleveland. Like he he found his spot. He found his rhythm. Um, you see the superstar that he he has been in the past. Uh, absolutely incredible to watch. And I mean, the space that he's he was getting. I mean, again, we go back to his stats. Two receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, just the impact he was able to have on those those two plays was absolutely incredible. Um, and obviously a, a, a tough loss when he went down. But Rams stepped up. They sure did. Uh, but think about what the Rams did. So you get Stafford, who obviously uh, was not great in the game, but was, was good and was best at, at the biggest moments. So no Robert Woods. We knew that. He's been out for weeks. You have no Beckham in the second half. You don't have Tyler Higbee. Right, you had guys making catches outside of Cooper Cup that you weren't even familiar with. And if you recall, Kristen, they really focused on trying to get the running backs involved in the passing game. Like they they tried to send Daryl Henderson out a bunch of times to try to catch the football on wheel routes, but it it didn't matter. It didn't matter because in the end, Matthew Stafford leads him on a game winning drive, and the Rams are now Super Bowl champions. Does this? Because this is what we do. We're we're so hot takeish now. Um. Matthew Stafford, does this change the legacy? Yeah, I think it changes his legacy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that in my mind, Matthew Stafford is one of the great quarterbacks of all time right now. No, but I think, I mean, it definitely solidifies his case for, you know, Hall of Famer in the future. I mean, what I I think it also just proves that, you know, there was wasted years in, in Detroit, right? That said, it's, you know, it's not like he went through and after 12 years in Detroit, he finally got the Lions, like finally rebuilt that team and rebuilt that franchise and was able to get the Lions to the Super Bowl. No, he was built around, or he, he was on a team that was built with some of the best pieces that money can buy, right? I mean, you talk about how much the Rams paid for their defense. You talked about what they paid for guys like Odell Beckham Jr. You you, you talk about what they were able to do to put pieces around Stafford. Um, again, we talk about them mortgaging their future. This team was built to do exactly what they did. It would have been more of a disappointment than I think a win if the Rams were not able to come away with the Super Bowl title. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is kind of a, just an exhale. Like, all right, we had to win and we did. And I will say this. Uh, did it. I, I, I think they got, again, I don't I don't mean to be negative. They just won the Super Bowl. But I guess I'll say fortunate. You know, Green Bay loses. Do they go into Green Bay and, and beat the Packers? I mean, with Aaron Rodgers' track record in the postseason, maybe they do. But being home against Jimmy Garoppolo is, is a lot easier than than being on the road in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh, yeah, especially considering the way that again Jimmy played in that game. Um, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, the Rams, the the Rams were uh, the the Rams did exactly what they needed to do, and I I do like your description of saying that this team um, exhaled more than anything. But they they are Super Bowl champs, um, and now Dave, because I refuse to believe that we are in the uh, the off season, I can't let that post Super Bowl depression set in. Um, I want to look ahead to to next year a little bit. Who do you think is is going to be back here next season? Who do you think we're going to be watching in Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Well, I can't give a prediction because I just don't know what's going to happen with the quarterbacks. Like, does Aaron Rodgers leave? Right? What do the Bucks do? There's now rumblings that they're going to wind up with Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Does Russell Wilson leave Seattle? Um, does somehow Tom Brady go to San Francisco as a hot rumor and be the quarterback with the Niners? So I can't I can't really sit here and give you a Super Bowl prediction right now, but I will tell you that I, I think I think next season going in right now, knowing what we know, 
I love the Bills. I love I love the Bills. I, I think they got better as the season went on. Um, you know, the, I, I think I think they're the best team in football. I, I think if if Mahomes doesn't come up with those two plays at the end of regulation, we're talking about Buffalo as your Super Bowl champions right now. Josh Allen has only gotten better. He is a I mean just a a game changing quarterback. I think they're very well coached. Um, I don't think there are a lot of pieces away. Hopefully they get a healthy Tredavious White next season. And I, I think that, to me, is the team that I would say look out heading into next season, the Bills. I agree with you. Um, I actually think if I have to make a, a hot take, bold prediction for for Super Bowl 57, I think we're going to see the Bills and the 49ers. Um, I get that we can't talk about you know what's going to happen from the 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 quarterback position and I I mean for all of the reasons you just said I think that the Bills deserve to be on that stage um, even with no Brian Dayball I mean I know I I think they're going to be able to react just fine because Josh Allen is just getting better year by year that said I think the 49ers are going to be are going to be on that stage I I think they have the talent I think that they they know what the game plan can be and knowing that they can upgrade at quarterback. I, I think would would put them back in that would put them back on that stage. Um, I, I think Kyle Shanahan just saw Sean McVay do it, and he he wants the taste for himself. Uh, I'm sure he does, but I, I don't. I mean, listen. I was just going to say, I think the NFC West for a while is going to be good. Yeah, oh, it's going to be great because uh, Kyler Murray. We'll see what happens with his unhappiness or, or whatnot. But I, I I don't know how with uh, with a I mean for for lack of a better term, rookie quarterback guy that doesn't even have his feet wet. If it's going to be Trey Lance, how you could have any idea that that the Niners are going to be that team? Like I think to me that's very premature of you to say. Yes, but I'm I'm sitting here saying that I'm making a, a bold prediction. So that's my bold prediction for you, Dave. All right. So so you believe in Trey Lance? I am I am not there yet. I I'm sold on Josh Allen. Uh, that, that AFC is going to be something else, huh? With Allen, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, God knows where Aaron Rodgers is going to wind up. Uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Whew, that is going to be some kind of AFC next season, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, as you 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 take Aaron Rodgers out of that conversation, but just look at the youth that is going to develop over the next how you know decade potentially in the AFC too. I mean, that is going to be a lot of fun to watch. But um, I mean, going back to some of those veteran quarterbacks, we we talk about Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about Denver being a potential fit. The Packers coming out and saying, you know, no, we're going to do everything in our power to keep Aaron because what else are you going to do? You know, you want to put you essentially it's like the Packers are trying to be the good guy in the relationship by saying to fans like, hey, we did everything to try to keep Aaron. This is him deciding to walk away from us and him deciding to walk away from you. Um, But it feels like, I mean, you again, look to Rogers, you look to to Russell Wilson, you look at the rumors of Tom Brady unretiring. Um, I mean, which of those veteran quarterbacks do you think is going to have the the biggest impact uh, on a team come next season? Uh, I can't say Brady because I I mean he's retired, so I'd have to go with that. I I think I think Rogers. Uh, I think Rogers is still playing regular season at, a, at an elite elite level. Um, if he winds up on Indianapolis, terrifying. If he winds up wherever he winds up, terrifying. I think Deshaun Watson too. I mean, if Deshaun Watson winds up on a team that's not too far away, and Russell Wilson, I just I can't believe we're gonna have Brady, obviously a change at a minimum, retired or or on a different team. Rodgers could be on a different team. Wilson could be on a different team. 
Deshaun Watson could be on a different team. I mean, the amount of elite quarterbacks that could be changing locations this offseason is really staggering. It, it really is. And you know what I'm so excited for, Dave, are going to be these, these offseason DIY jersey projects. You know, when players or uh, when, you know, players leave for, for a new city and uh, fans like take their old jerseys and they like put duct tape on it or they like bedazzle it somehow to look like a new player. I'm, I'm very excited to see some of the creativity that NFL fans bring for next season. Well, we're going to have six months of no on-field action, Kristen. How will we survive is the question. What are you going to take up needlepoint? What, what, what's going to happen now? The metaverse? Will you start studying the metaverse? Sure. I'm going to dive into the metaverse a little bit more. Um, I do think it was funny on Twitter after the Super Bowl when everyone was talking about, oh, another NFL season in the books. At least it's time for baseball season dot, dot, dot. Because today, Dave, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report. Yet alas, here we are. Great. No pitchers, catchers. We are... Emptiness once again. Two months and about a week away from... From the NFL draft. So that's, I guess, good news. And of course, we're going to have all the answers with the quarterbacks prior to that. But we're, this is it for us for the 2021-2022 season. Kristen Rogers, you've been a pleasure. You've put up with all my shenanigans. You've showed up promptly. Outside of today, you were on every single call before I was on. And then you went to your own room for some reason today. But you are a pro's pro, and I've really enjoyed doing the season. Dave, you as well. And clearly, I was just in my own sandbox within the metaverse, and that's why I wasn't able to. I was somehow disconnected temporarily. But we're back, and we'll 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 head into this off season. Uh, eyes on the quarterbacks, eyes on the future. Let's 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 see how this season off season shakes out. There you go. For Kristen Rogers, I'm Dave Rothenberg, and one final time, you've been listening to the NFL Edge podcast.